Hey everybody, God bless you and welcome to the Church of Jubilee podcast. I pray that this week's message may encourage you and that it may bless you and that it may sow a seed that at the right time, just when you need it, God steps in through this spoken word. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where everything around you is crumbling, everything's falling apart, your bills are due, you're going through some hard times, you have relationships that are breaking down, people that you used to love and trust, uh, you know, they, you feel as if they've turned their, your, their back on you. Well, I've come to tell you today that the disciples went through some storms in their life. They went through one major storm in particular. And this entire time that they were going through this storm, they began to focus on the circumstance instead of focusing on the most important. And that was that Jesus Christ was with them through that storm. Perhaps you feel today in this in your lifetime that you have been Uh, God has been far from you, that you have been forgotten, or that your prayers have not been answered. I'm here to encourage you today to let you know that Jesus Christ, the God that was asleep in the stern, at the stern of the most biggest storm that the disciples faced, was still God and was still good enough to wake up and to tell the storm to peace and be still. You can calm the storm in your life by coming to Jesus Christ. I pray that this week's message but just do something inside of you that you would, you would know that God is working in the midst of your storm, that God is working in, in everything that you're going through right now. All you, what you need to do is be like the storm. You have to be calm. You got to have peace and be still and know that God is in control. Thanks for tuning in to this week's message. I pray that you keep continue to pray for us. Uh, we definitely need it. And if you know anyone that needs to hear this word, please share the word with them. You can share, hit the share button and get this word to them. Anybody that you know that is struggling, I pray that God blesses you this week. Thank you for tuning in. This is Church of Jubilee Podcast, Pastor John. God bless you. The book of Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. When you have it, say amen. The word of God, let's read it together. The word of God says, On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? 
Who can it be that you and I declaration? Who can it be that who is just a master architect that puts the foundations of the world perfectly spinning in the solar system, perfectly spinning in a galaxy, hallelujah, amongst the other, all the planets that declares that a, a, a few centimeters closer and the sun would consume us, a few, a few centimeters back and the, and the moon and everything would freeze over, hallelujah. Who could it be that this God that we serve has the colors of all the earth painted into the sky, painted into our eyes that when we look upon it, we give and behold the glory of God. Who can it be other than the Lord and Savior that you and I serve and his name is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You may have your seats giving glory to God. I think I have a lot of auxiliary to monitor coming back on this. Hallelujah. If you can take down my mic on that. Blessed be the name of Jesus. We, we got to read a couple of things before we get to the true message. But what I want to go over is, the, I've entitled today's message, Focus Through the Storm. Focus Through the Storm. What does it mean to focus through the storm? What does it mean to have focus, period? When you focus, that means that you shut everything else out. You completely block everything out. And for the moment, you are only, your eyesight is focused on one thing and one thing alone. So here we have Jesus and his disciples. In the book of Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 through 41, the Lord is fulfilling his earthly ministry. The Lord is doing what he needs to do. He's out there preaching the gospel. He's out there preaching that he is the Messiah. He's out there giving hope to the lost. Hallelujah. And he's preaching to the multitudes. And, and he is sitting in a boat. And across from him on the shore is tons and multitudes of people. Hallelujah. He is there and he's sitting in a boat. And he's speaking to the multitudes. But later that evening... He leaves the multitudes over and he says, it's time to cross over and it's time to get to the other side. Hallelujah. But listen to me, those of you who are outside sometimes, you know, we sit and we live our lives. And, and I want you to listen to me, those of you who are watching Facebook Live and those who are sitting here today. We sit here, we become comfortable and we become comfortable that we don't want to get to the other side that Jesus has for us. We don't want to make a sacrifice to get to any other side. We say, you know, we're fine where we are at. We're sitting here. God is blessing us and let's just stay within our four walls within our community and let's just chill why because we're comfortable and God is moving where we're at but there is something about the other side that draws us that says hey you think what I am doing in you is already enough wait till you get to the other side wait till you get to the other side where I have better and bigger plans for you to use you to, uh, to reach somebody other than yourself can you just stop for a moment and say it's not about me it's about them it's not about us it's about them there is a world that is lost right now, and they are completely lost in, in their ways. They don't know. They don't have a hope. And the only ones that have it is you and I. We have the hope because it's in Jesus Christ. Amen? But along the trip, as they are there in the middle of the night, or you could say towards the night, something begins to happen. Can I speak to some real people today that know along the Christian walk, things are going to happen. Amen. 
God's not saying it's going to be perfect. He's not saying it at all. But there were some circumstances that the, the disciples had to face. Hallelujah. And I want to start by giving you an example of what they were facing. The first thing they faced was a great windstorm that arose. In other words, the wind became to be a storm and the storm led to some severe winds. Hallelujah. And, and then the waves began to beat upon the boat. Hallelujah. Not just waves, but they, can you imagine the waves started becoming bigger and bigger and started to go and, and really slam upon the boat hallelujah and then if you think you had it bad enough as a disciple put yourself in their shoes if you think you have it bad in your boats and then water because we have right water filled the boat and it sank Perhaps you can relate to what the disciples in a first-hand moment. They have been watching Jesus. They've been watching him and, and they've been watching him firsthand carry out miracles. Hallelujah. They've been watching him heal people, deliver people. They, and they've been watching him preach about a message of the gospel of Jesus Christ saying he is the Messiah. And he has come to set the captives free. He has come to give love to those who don't love. To be a father to the fatherless. To be, to be a husband to the widowless. Hallelujah. To those who are widowed. And, and you, you find, they find themselves in, in a boat situation from a, from a God that they have been watching over and over, teach them daily, and they have this storm that is before them. Can you talk about storms in your life? Can someone relate to a storm? You see, we don't have to see a physical storm. We see a, a, spirit, a spiritual form of a storm amen which means when everything is going right and everything is going good and you're like man I'm about to get my finally my head above water you hear the wind and then you start feeling the waves hit the boat and then before you know it you see it and you're like I'm starting to sink into this boat they get on a boat with Jesus and they think, man, you know, sister, we have the life saver of all lifesavers. <laughs> we have the life jacket of all life jackets. He's in the back sleeping right now. So we can take this trip and not have to worry about anything. Because God is with us. Yes. Oh, so this teacher says, amen. But the windstorm brings forth a sudden change, hallelujah. And quickly it shifts to a, in the atmosphere to something that begins to blow and becomes very scary, hallelujah. You know, and let me tell you about the windstorms in life, hallelujah. It's not a fair process, but sometimes you're minding your own business and out of nowhere, a gust of wind begins to hit you and it throws you off and you're like, where in the world did that come from, hallelujah. I'm talking to somebody who knows what a windstorm is, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm talking to somebody who knows what the wind that comes in there. Hallelujah. I'm talking to somebody who has been through something in their life where they said, I gave God everything and yet this still blew me away. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 One moment you're living on top of the world, the next moment you're cast down on the ground. One moment you're like, oh, I got that Holy Ghost down in my soul. I'm good. I know God's got me. I'm blessed beyond blessed, beyond persecuted. And then the next day, you know, you lost it all. It's a windstorm you face. It's something that you have to endure. 
Then, as you're worried about the wind, by the way, the other day, my sister and I were coming back from, uh, we're coming out of town, and we were minding our own business, talking, we were in my truck, and we were on the highway, and all of a sudden, we get to this one area where it literally blows the truck, it's all, and the, the, my truck is a big truck, it's out there, and it's all like, wham, and it literally shook the whole truck. We were like, where in the world did that come from? And as I thought about that this morning, I said, isn't that how life is sometimes? You think you have it all. You, you serve Christ. You've done your best to give him everything. You served him. You've done est. And then out of nowhere, a wind blows against you and totally, completely throws you off of your foundation. And just when you think that you've had enough, you're like, man, that was scary. Then you begin to feel the waves and not just the small little waves. I'm talking about some major waves that begin to shake your boat. And the start of the wind, it begins to go up so high that you're like, oh my gosh, the wave is eight foot high. And the start of the water is starting to sink. And just when you think you've seen enough of the waves, you start noticing that you're about in a foot of water inside your boat. Am I talking to anybody here today? You know, wave, waves, results, uh, they come from uh, currents that are under water. And they're so powerful that they cause a shift in the normal water. Um, so if the water is going like this and it's going a certain way, a current comes and adds extra pressure underneath. You see, you don't necessarily see the wave on the upward uh, trend up there besides the surfers that ride the waves, right? But underneath, they always tell you don't get caught in the current. If you're going to get caught in the current, swim out of the current. Swim away from the current because it's so strong that it'll pull you in. Can I talk to someone today that knows what a wave is in your life, hallelujah, where you've had to be pulled in so many different places, where things are falling apart, where relationships are falling apart, where your life doesn't seem like it has value, hallelujah, and underneath it all, you, you're, you're trying to show the waves that, hey, I'm okay, but then the waves are getting so powerful in your life that the current inside of you, inside underneath everything, is just tugging you and pulling you and moving you around in whatever way it wants to. Come on, I'm talking to somebody whose life doesn't, isn't all together. I'm talking to someone out there that needs to hear a word of encouragement, that needs to know that you're not the only one that's going to suffer. Hallelujah. You weren't the first one, and you definitely won't be the last one. But let me tell you that in the back of the stern, hallelujah, I said in the back of the stern is an almighty God that sleeps through the chaos, hallelujah, that sleeps through it all. And he says, have you not known that I am your God. Hallelujah. I will rescue you. I will be with you. And I too understand what it means to be in the boat. I'm not here to give you a pomp and circumstance message. I'm here to awaken, to awaken something that knows that even though the waves come against me, even though the wind is coming against me, even though the enemy has sent all hell to come against me, I stand on that solid rock. On Jesus Christ, I will stand. 
Your perfect life will have disturbances. It will have underground, underwater currents. It's not going to go away. Hallelujah. Just because you don't get closer to God doesn't mean your problems are going to go away. Sorry to bust your, bur your bubble there. Sorry to burst it. You are not going to get any less problems because you serve God or you don't serve God. That's not the way it's designed. Because you are a human being. You represent the creation of Christ. And if there's nothing more than what the devil wants to do, he wants to destroy God's creation. You and I. But have you ever felt so overwhelmed? You felt so overwhelmed with your problems. You feel that there is too much to take. You, you, you know, you've gone through many things in life. You know, I, I don't claim to have a perfect life, but I know others that have had even a worse life than I have. Hallelujah. And I'm grateful to God that I've had not to go to the extremes that they had to go through. Hallelujah. But I know one thing to be true, that in my own ways, in my own, on my own sea, I had to face some currents in my life. I had to face some windstorms in my life. I had to see the waves so high that I felt that I wasn't going to survive. To know that God could reach deep down in the pits and pull me out. Yes. Hallelujah. You have to focus through the storm. First lady, can you put the image up of the boat? If you're thinking it's a ship, a big old ship, you're completely wrong. I want to, that's it. That's what the Galilean boat would look like. That's probably more accurate as to what Jesus and his disciples were riding on, were, were in. That is about 26 foot, 26.5 feet long. When you think and compare it, it's like a UPS truck. That's how big it is. Can you imagine a storm that hits these big old vessels you know, these big old ships, and, they're, and it's tossing them and turning them. No wonder why they were scared. That, that little ship right, that little boat right there is a fisherman's boat. It has no metal. It's made out of wood. And you've got waves that are higher than that boat coming at you. You've got the wind probably pushing on. They're barely holding on to the boat. And they start noticing water comes in. But they had a God that was with them. And although they didn't realize it, he was the only thing that they would need. He was the only saving part that they would need in that boat. Or even if the boat would have sank, they would have had to believe that the God that they served would pull them out and get them out of their situation. Because if you haven't noticed yet, these are disciples, they were focusing on their circumstances. They were focusing on the atmosphere, what was happening around them, what they could see, what, what they were feeling, hallelujah. They were so focused on the conditions and they were so focused on everything else besides what they should have been focused on. And that, that there was a God who was the Messiah, who was the Savior of them, saying, I am asleep in the back and I, you don't have to fear. But they focused on their problems. You see, many of us, 
Our first instinct as a human is to try to make sense of what's happening. Why do bad things happen to people? Let me see if I can make sense of this. Why do bad things happen to Christians? How can someone go into a Christian church and shoot them all up and shoot them and murder people? How can God allow that this? And how can God allow? And that's our first instinct. We want to, we want, well, if God is so loved and, and they get killed and why this and why that and why? Because we're so focused on the circumstances. We're so focused on trying to explain things. And it's, our, it's a part of our brain's way of processing. It's, it's like you ha- your brain's trying to figure out what is happening to understand it. Because if you understand what's happening, you'll better deal with whatever problem you're going through. If you know what triggered it, you're going to be better to avoid the trigger. If you know what caused it, what's creating it, you're going to know not to create it. Amen? But where is Jesus? Hallelujah. The disciples begin to wonder as they're there fearing for their life, just like you and I. You see, here's my point and what I'm trying to tell you in this, this brief little part here. Hallelujah. We get so caught up with what we are going through. We get so caught up with what's not happening that we forget to focus on what God can do. Hallelujah. And how great our God is. Hallelujah. There was a saying that we say here in Jubilee and it says that God is greater. Do you know why we say that? Because my Bible tells me that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Meaning whatever we face, no matter when we face it, how we face it, what we face, my Bible says that God is greater in me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. And it's so hard. When we go through things, because the first thing we start looking at is, I don't have gas in my truck. How am I going to make it? I don't have food on the table. I don't, I don't even know. I, I, I'm, I don't know how to even do how to get through life. Look at me. Look at my problems. Pastor, you don't understand my drug addiction. Pastor, you don't understand my alcohol addiction. You don't understand how hard it is. And we, we're like the disciples. We're there trying to tell God, God, the waves are getting bigger. God, the, my, my boat's about to sink. God, the wind's coming at me. I, look at that storm, God. Where are you, God? Are you there? Hello, God. Can you just come to me for a moment? Can you not be my life? Can you not just be silent in this moment? Can you just tell me that you're here? Am I speaking to someone today? This isn't for anyone in particular. It's for everybody. Because if you haven't or you, you don't know, you will go through one of these storms in your life. But I have to say, you know, I believe that Jesus Christ is a boss. <laughs> Let me tell you that I say that casually, okay, slang wise, he's a boss. Because who can sleep through a storm? Through a raging storm, Brother Lorenzo, when all his disciples, you know, his own people that are supposed to believe in him, they've already doubted him. He's the only one that's remaining sane in that place, and and he's sleeping peacefully through the storm. What kind of God sleeps through a storm? I'll tell you who it is. It's an almighty God that knows everything is underneath me. There is none beside me, none before me, none like me. God says, this is who Jesus knew he was. He said, a storm, that's like a a little bitty ant to me. Hallelujah. I will flick it out of the way. I can't, I was like, when I, you know, I just, as I thought about that, I was like, 
here his disciples are freaking out. They're super scared. They're complaining to him. They're like crying, I'm sure. And he's asleep. <laughs> he's asleep. Like, talking about sleeping through the storm. Man, you, you, you can only be God to sleep through a storm. Amen? Wasn't, if you looked at that picture, if the waves are hitting them that hard in the boat and you see, you know, water, he, he has to be aware, you know, in some sense when he wakes up, like, wow, this is pretty crazy. But he was the one thing that the disciples didn't realize. And this is what you need to realize. Is that they forgot that even in the storm, God was still with them. What happens when God doesn't answer you when you want him to? What happens when you pray about something and you've really wanted it so much? You've been praying and you've been fasting and you've been talking to God. You spent every night on your knees crying and crying to God and you still don't hear the answer. Because I can imagine the disciples were like panicking and I guess we're going to die here because, you know, I don't even know if that's truly Jesus back there. Because if he was, he would have already answered us and woken up, sister. He would already have awakened. He would already, without us having to go to him, he would already have known that there was a problem if he was God. They go to Jesus. And guess what the first thing they do? Do you think that they say, Lord, 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 we, we need your help. Lord, Lord, can I pray to you real quick? Lord, we need you right now. You know what they do? They insult him. You know how they tell him, do you not care that we perish? In other words, let me break it down for you today's term. Do you not care that I'm praying to you? Do you not care that I serve you? Do you not care that I pour out my spirit to you? That I have been serving you? That I've been walking my best to please you? Do you not care about me? Are you not listening to me, God? Can you not hear me, God? Are, 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 you, are you there, God? Hello? Doesn't that sound familiar? Because the first thing we do of, of my needs, you're saying you're the God of everything that I will go through, the God of my restoration, the God of my deliverance. You say you're the God of all this, but I don't see you. I don't see you in the storm. I don't see you through my problems, through my trials, hallelujah. I'm not seeing you because I'm still addicted to what I'm addicted to. And I've been praying, but it seems like you're not real. I've lost people that I prayed to you to heal. You never healed them. Doesn't that sound so familiar? Doesn't that sound like you and I? Because I'm talking to some real people today. I'm not sugarcoating a message, giving you a nice sweet message, a diabetic message. I'm giving you a down-earth-to-earth -earth message that speaks about, hey, we're humans, and we're going to act like these disciples, hallelujah. But the last thing we should want to do is go up to God and say, do you not care? Can you imagine if God would have really answered that in anger? He probably would have said, do you not know what my plan is for you? Do you not know that this little small thing that seems big to you is super small to me? That when I go to the real big thing, which is to give my life for you on a cross and sacrifice myself there, you could have some of that if you wanted and you would not survive a second. 
Here is a Messiah who has taught miracles, who has taught them about faith. He preached faith in the parables. He kept preaching, believe in him, believe in him, believe in him, and, and, and the importance of having faith. And the one time that these disciples should have been faithful, they say, do you not care, Brother Lorenzo? And then the Lord speaks. Listen to the way the Lord speaks. Because you and I would probably throw the disciples outside of the boat. We'd say, all right, you don't want to believe in me? I'm going to throw you overboard. That's one less person we have to worry about. All right? But his next question to them is, well, before he goes there, let me tell you what he does. They wake him up, and he goes to the storm. <laughs> and he says, and instantly it stops. Be still. And instantly it stops. Do you believe God for great things in your life? That in the, some of the things that you don't have that you've been praying for, do you believe that God might be telling you, peace, just be still for a moment. And know that I am with you. Know that when you pray to get an answer and I don't answer you right away, it doesn't mean that I'm not listening to you. It means that I want you to be peaceful and to be still and wait upon my answer to you. Hallelujah. Because the next question he begins to ask is, why are you so fearful? Why are you so afraid? Why have you no faith? How is it that you have no faith? I've been doing things in front of you. And let's put it back in our perspective. God has been doing things in your life. He's got you to this point. You're still breathing. you got a beautiful family. You have everything you need in his glory. And why are you still doubting him? Because he hasn't answered you? Because he didn't say, right away, right away, Pastor Jonathan, I'm at your service right away. I'm right here at your service. Whatever you say, I'm going to do right away. That's not the way God works. He's not your puppet. He's not my puppet. He's not no one's puppet. He is God. And he is telling them, I am here with you in person. I have called you to be something greater. I called you. I've, been, I've provided for you. I've walked with you. I've talked with you to this point, And you still doubt me. The one thing that I told you not to do is to be doubtless. Doubtful. Sorry. To be doubtful to doubt. But you know what happened with the disciples? They became like you and I. They focused on everything around them. They focused on what they were going through, how they felt, what they were thinking, what they were feeling. And then, and then you know, believe in this guy. Why would you believe in him? God is speaking to someone today. And is speaking to you, telling you that he's done many things in your life. And if you can just stop for a moment out of your busy life and think, what did God bring you out of? What was it that you were so caught up in that if God would have let you, let you get through that process and let you continue on, you wouldn't be here today. Because that's what he wants you to remember. 
He wants you to remember that he didn't come to you when you were at your greatest moment. He came to you when you were at your weakest moment. Hallelujah. When you had no more strength and trials and tribulations had tied you up and you were about to give up, God stepped in and said, even through your weakness, I am even greater than what you will face. Hallelujah. Why would the disciples need to fear? Why do you need to fear? If we die, we die in Christ. If they, did, if they would have died at that moment, they died with the Messiah, hallelujah, who was going to take them to eternal heaven. If they lived and he made a way to survive, which he did, he does, they would live with him. Why are you worried? So many of you have been trying to get, you know, God's trying to get your attention. And I know some of us are in some crazy situations right now. And maybe some of you haven't gone through the storm yet. But it will be coming one day. And you have to know that even through the storm, you got to focus. Hallelujah. Even through the storm, you have to know that God is still God. I can't tell you why things happen in life. I can't tell you why God allows certain things to happen. But what I will tell you is that he that says he will never leave you nor forsake you, he says he will never leave you. And he will have been fair no. Do you deserve to go through what you're going through? Probably not. But it's happening. And the winds are blowing your life into a mess. And the waves are crashing. That everything that you built, you have nothing for anymore. Spiritually speaking and physically speaking. Hallelujah. You've built up your own altar and it's been destroyed. Hallelujah. You used to think that you were a holy of holies. But now you realize you're just a sinner like everyone else. But the difference is, is that you wake up God and you say, instead of saying, where are you? You say, God, I, I need you right now. I need you right now through this storm. I need you to build my trust in you, God, so that when the world and everything around me is chaotic, I know to be still. For you are in control, God. Because their focus was on the circumstance. And it caused them to miss the most important part, that the Messiah, the God that would save them, was in the back. All they had to do was believe and say, God's going to do something. I know he is. I know he is. I know he's going to do it. I know Jesus is going to do something to save us. I know he's going to do it. I know he's going to do it. And if he doesn't do it, he's done enough for our lives. But there is a devil. Can you say amen to that? You see, the, the answer to the question of why does God allow things to happen and why does this happen? and why? Because he gives us, there are consequences. You have the free will to be in a vehicle and to go, uh, you know, past 80 miles per hour of the speed limit. It's your right. You have a choice. The law doesn't say, I'm going to force you to obey the law, which you have to obey the law, but you have the option of free will to obey the law. Things that happen, the short you get punished, right? Why does God allow things to happen? The short answer is that we have free will. And in the free will world, in the free will world, sorry, I get a little tongue twisted there, there, there is an enemy and his name is Satan. His job is to say, he did it. He did it. God did it. 
God took away your aunt. God took away your grandpa. God took away your family member. God gave that person cancer. God gave him diabetes. God gave him, and God let him do this, and God let him do that, and God let him, and God, God, God. And then you're, yeah, yeah, you're right. God, it's your fault. There we go, blaming the circumstances. It's not God's fault. We have free will. Hallelujah. And it's not because God doesn't care that you have not received your blessing. Hallelujah. It's not because God's not paying attention to you or he doesn't love you. Because God says that through the storm, I will still be God. He demonstrated it. And he speaks through many times in the word where he was in the midst of a storm that was coming against him. And he always calmed it down and told it to be quiet. But when your focus is on the circumstance, you'll miss that God is with you. You see, the world thinks in terms of circumstances, Sister Becca. The world terms and thinks of after consequences. Why did people get this? And why did they get killed? And why did this little girl have? Because it's all circumstantial. It's all the after effect of something. And again, our mind, like the disciples, tries to analyze it and say, well, we have to have some kind of explanation as to why this happened. Yeah. If it's evil, it comes from the devil. If it's good, it comes from God. Because all things that are good come from God. So before you blame God, think about it and say, well, there is the devil who's, I know it's him. I should start blaming him. So I should start going to my God, praying against the devil so that God can take care of the devil. Amen? But I want to tell you today that you cannot focus on the circumstance of whatever the enemy has thrown at you. Whatever you, situation you find yourself in, your life may not be what it's planned for you to be. It may not be where along the road that you is greater, hallelujah, and you've encountered a storm. But let me tell you today that he is greater, hallelujah, and he is greater in you than he in every situation, every problem you will face, every sickness you will face. He is already greater greater because he is God and God alone he's greater than the circumstances because the circumstances don't determine how big and bad God is it is God who determines already how big and bad he is amen it is God who tells your circumstances, my son and my child have come to me with a big problem in their minds, quote unquote. This is nothing for me and I command you to get out of their life, to be still and get out and move out of the way and leave them alone. Don't let your circumstance tell you how little and insignificant God is working. He's not working. Why does God allow this? No, 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 no. Let God be God. My God commands you to put peace back in your life. Speak it into your life. Speak peace into your life. Tell your circumstance. God says that, he had, that I would do things greater than he did. If he told the, the sea to be still, to be peaceful and to be still. Circumstance, I don't know, whatever it is, wherever you came from, whatever it is that you think you can be here for whatever reason, I command you to be still and get out of my way. Because 
You are to be still in the storm. I hope you're getting this. Because I guarantee you that the moment you walk out, slam you and try to make you be afraid again and try to make you say, I just went to church and it's not working. Every time I get closer to God, things are happening. God, why? Why do these things happen to me? Get on your knees and begin to pray to the Lord. Hallelujah. Pray instead of saying, God, where are you? Say, God, I need you. Because God heard, even though he was asleep, he woke up and heard the cries of his disciples, just like he would hear the cry of your cry. When you go to God and you begin to ask God for something, even though it's not happening at the moment, God says, I just need you to believe that it has already been done. I need you to believe that it is already taking place. Hallelujah. Can I give you a testimony? There was, we have a cousin that was di di uh, diagnosed with lupus. And, and her entire church, my entire family, including Jubilee, we were praying for healing for her in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, not too long ago, a couple of weeks, my aunt come and came back and testified that she had been healed from lupus. Hallelujah. And, and in the name of Jesus, that is a glory of God. Where is my God, you ask? When all this is happening, he's still on his throne. Hallelujah. He's still delivering and changing lives to those who want him, to those who want to receive him, to those who want to love him, to those who want to get to know him. Don't blame God because you haven't come to God. Blame yourself because you're missing out. You remember when God pulled you out of your mess? Some of us, he's still pulling us out. Some of us, he still has to get us out. He, you know, the Lord remembered you when you were at your lowest and your most vulnerable parts of your life. The Lord remembered you. You, you know, I, I, I really want to get some testimonies in here, um, even if it's videos to start watching, because these people that testify, they're always at the end of it before they're about to give up. Before they're about to throw in the towel. They're right before they're about to say, I, I. The book of Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says this. You don't have to put it up. That's okay. Listen to this. I want everyone to listen to this. But God demonstrates his own love toward us. In that while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. What does that mean, Pastor? It means that while you were there hating on God, while you were there talking about everybody else that was doing good, as to why you haven't done good, even in that moment, at your lowest point, God says, I still love them. Little do you know that those people you talk about, that you're saying that they think they're all that and all that, I'm building them up so they can go help you in the future. Hallelujah. I'm building them up so that one day when you go to them and say, I need a friend, you can say, I'm there. I'm there because God has prepared me. I've been through some struggles in my own life, you might think. But even in his own love, God says, while you were still sinners, I loved you. Perhaps you've been asking God for something that has not come to pass. That's such a hard, hard 
hard lesson in life that when it doesn't feel like God's answering, can he still be good? Feel like he's answering that he's still God in the back sleeping on the boat. That at the right moment, you're going to wake him up and say, God, I need you. He's going to say, I know. Watch what I'm about to do in your life. Just when you doubted me, just when you were about to give up, God says, I'm going to step in. But do you have the faith to believe? Because if you don't believe, you start focusing on your circumstances. I can't tell you what's going to happen in my five to ten years that come down the road. I don't know where I will be. I don't know if I'll be here. I don't know who will be around me. And it doesn't matter. Because I know that even through whatever I go through, God is still God. And he's in complete control. Amen? We can get the children now. Let us all stand. I know the Lord gave this message because there were some people here and some people watching that one are going through something in their life. Two, you may know somebody that's going through something in their life. And they don't need you to judge them. They don't need you to tell them what they're doing wrong. They don't need you to tell them and remind them of how big the waves are in their life. Or how big the, the, the wind, how fast the wind strong is blowing. What they need to be reminded of is that there was a God who was with them in the storm. That there was a God who says, peace, be still. You've spent time with him before. It's natural to give up on God. It's natural to doubt him. When things don't go your way, it's, why is this happening? Why am I going through these things? Why did Rebecca White fulfilled a thousand member church? Why don't we have some people that we had at the beginning along the way and we've lost them along the way? Why don't we have our family all together? Why don't we have this? Why don't we have that? I don't have the answer to that. But what I will encourage you with is that no matter what you don't have, can I share with you what you do have? You have a God that says, I love you yet while you were still a sinner. I love you continuously. His love never fails. Hallelujah. He, it's a love that demonstrates, that, that says, I love you through the storm. I love you when you doubt me, when you hate me, when you talk about me, when you've given up on me. I still love you, he says. I still love you. And guess what? I love you even more. Because I know that once you get past your storm, once you realize that I'm in the storm with you, you'll stop asking me questions about why is this happening and you just say I trust God I trust God I trust God I'll trust you God 
Hallelujah, Jesus. Maybe you've forgotten. You cry out to God and you're telling him, do you not care about me? Do you not see that I've served you? You have to keep on believing through the storm. We need the Holy Spirit right now in this moment. You guys are fine to be up here. Brother Lorenzo, Sister Lisa. I just want I just want you guys to come on to the front and let's just get in contact with God. We just need to move the Holy Spirit. It doesn't even have to even be singing. Because God will move no matter what. I need someone that's hungry today. That's like me. That has problems. That's been praying for some of those people that don't love them at times. That's been praying for some people. And although I don't see the answer, I have to know that I got to trust in him. Hallelujah, Jesus. Right there where you're at, just lift up your hands and let's surrender to the Lord right now. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah.